Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, let's rock and roll. I got 20 minutes. Got to jam two hours of takes and opinions and calls and tweets and texts into 20 minutes. We got 25-minute nightcap roughly here on WGR before we get you to Monday Night Football between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're wondering... What uh, is on the line tonight in this game? Because you might look on the surface and think, "Oh, look, a five and seven Eagles team, a two and ten, or uh, yeah, two and ten Giants team." Rainy conditions looks pretty sloppy. Yeah, nothing I want to see here. But a couple things: the Eagles might be five and seven, but if they win, amazingly, they will be tied for first in their division because Dallas leads that division currently at six and seven. So the Eagles are playing for um, first place in their division. And on the other side of the field, interestingly, Eli Manning is perfectly 500 for his career. I think it's 116 and 116. And this might be the last game of his career. I don't really know if Daniel Jones is supposed to be out for the season. It didn't sound like it was a super serious uh, ankle sprain that he's dealing with, but it's serious enough to where he's not going to play in this game, so Eli Manning goes back under center for the Giants. He will be either he will either have a winning record for his career after tonight or he will either ha- or he will have a losing record for his career after tonight. I heard a idea on the, on the damn Levitard show, which I love um, for Eli Manning, because I am very stern, in my opinion, very, I'm, I'm, the boots, they're locked in, what, what's the phrase there, they're locked in, I'm not moving off of this spot, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, at all, he was never even in consideration for one of the better quarterbacks in football, he was never in consideration to be the best quarterback in the league, never. Not even that top tier. But he has two Super Bowls. He does. But Hall of Fame is an individual honor. A Super Bowl champion, that's a team accomplishment. And those two things need to be differentiated. And in my opinion, you can't put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. But this fun idea for tonight, you know, get some more eyeballs on the game. A little more interest in it. Eli Manning, one game for the Hall of Fame. How's that? 
for an idea. I think it's I think it's awesome. I love it for an idea. If you win, you have a winning record for your career, for your career, you're in the Hall of Fame. If you lose, you have a losing record for your career and you're not in the Hall of Fame. Even the narrative surrounding Eli as a Hall of Famer will change tonight because someone like me who doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer, if he loses tonight, which I think the Eagles are a six-point favorite maybe. I, I haven't looked at that line in a really long time, so that might not be right, but the Eagles are definitely a favorite tonight. If the Eagles win, I'll be maybe if he doesn't start again, get to say for the rest of my life that Eli Manning has a losing record for his career. That, that That's something you can have in your hip pocket when you're trying to argue about him being in Canton. But anyways, that's more than enough time spent on Giants-Eagles because we're going to have coverage starting at 7.30. Bills lose to the Ravens yesterday 24-17, to a one-score game. Thought they played pretty well in the game um, in that they played amazing defensively and pretty horribly on offense for a half but then you know they they played decent in the in the second half because the fourth quarter um was really strong by the bills they really came out in that fourth quarter you know fourth quarter josh allen is kind of becoming a thing where he turns it up in the fourth quarter um Maybe that's something that he's just got. I, I don't really think that's something you can't really quantify is, well, you could quantify it, but it's pretty random when you're looking at quarterbacks and their performances on normal games, like 1 o'clock games versus primetime games versus more pressure-cooked situations. Now, some guys do have the yips. That happens. Where guys go into primetime games, they go into fourth-quarter comeback mode, and they just can't handle the pressure. Kirk Cousins comes to mind for that. Even though he's had a couple of good primetime games this year, for the most part, for his career, Kirk Cousins has been well below what he's been in the other games in primetime games. Allen seems to turn it up. It's happening. A lot. And it happened yesterday against a very stout Ravens defense who threw all kinds of pressure at him all day, and he started to figure out a little bit in the fourth quarter. But this is, I think, where we are with Josh Allen right now, where he's going to have games like the Dallas game where we look and think, we got our franchise quarterback. We got him. Sign him up. Let's sign him right now. Let's sign him on the dotted line to that long-term extension. Let's make this guy the real deal. Let's let's lock him in as the franchise quarterback. But he also has games, and this is part of his growth if it does happen, but he is very inconsistent. He is. Look at this season as a whole. I know he went on a three, four-week stretch there where he was really good. But in the season as a whole, he's been very inconsistent. Not even game to game, quarter to quarter, he's been inconsistent. We saw that yesterday. Yesterday was a microcosm of Josh Allen this season. First and second quarter. First quarter especially, did he have one completion? Guy could not complete a pass. Didn't know how to handle what the Ravens were throwing at him. Second quarter, he started to get a little bit going. It was a lot of dump-off passes. It's almost like in basketball where a jump shooter just can't hit anything and the layup goes in. It's like, just at least he saw the ball go in the basket. That's kind of what Allen did, I felt like, in the second quarter yesterday. He was just throwing dump-offs to Devin Singletary, to Cole Beasley. He just needed to see balls completed. Then the fourth quarter, he looked like a completely different quarterback. He's completing passes past past the sticks. He's still not hitting the deep ball. That's also a microcosm of the season. Guy can't hit a deep ball all season. How about that? And my biggest issue right now with what 
a lot of fans seem to think about the offense as a whole is they're putting too much of it on Brian Dable. I'm hearing a lot of fans think about, hey, you, you can't keep dialing up these these deep balls because he's clearly not hitting them. You need to you know work in some more screen passes. You need to do that kind of stuff. You need to do stuff that to me sounds like gimmicky offense. And I'm not talking about misdirection, and I do want to see them run some screen passes, but... This team should not be trying to run the, the 2011 Chan Gailey, Ryan Fitzpatrick offense. It shouldn't be. Because if I have to start changing my offense because my quarterback can't make a certain throw, I drafted the wrong quarterback. Why did they draft Josh Allen? They draft, drafted Josh Allen because this was the guy that could make every throw. All of them. You could do whatever you wanted with your offense because this guy has the arm, the arm strength, the capability to make every single throw you need him to make. And fast forward two seasons, he can make almost every single throw you want him to make. But this year especially, this guy cannot complete deep passes. That's a big problem. It's a big problem when evaluating what he is for the long term. Is it a big problem for the Bills this season? I mean, it's going to hurt them. If it continues, but I think they can get by without it. They've gotten by without it so far. They're nine and four with him completing one pass past 30 yards this year. 30 yards through the air. That's it. One pass. But when it when we're talking about their progression into the nice story of the league, the fifth seed wildcard team, the hey, they could win a playoff game. The next step to this team needs to win a division. This team is a legitimate contender for a Super Bowl or an AFC Championship game. Like that next big step. If you want that to happen, those deep balls are going to have to start coming. And they're not just going to have to start coming. They're going to have to start coming with regularity. And he is miles away from that right now. It's not even that he's inconsistent with his deep pass. He is actually very consistent with his deep pass and that he just never hits him. And that they are almost always overthrown. And yesterday we saw at least three... Maybe four, if I'm remembering right, passes where Josh Allen has pressure in his face. He needs to go. He needs to go deep because that's where his one-on-one matchup is, and it sails over the guy's head. And in all of those situations, your receiver had a step. That's the biggest critique with this Bills offense right now. Because otherwise, I think they're starting to figure things out. Even yesterday, you know, obviously they played. They play the crap for a half. But they walk out of a game against one of the best defenses in football and they put 17 on the board. Again, that's not good, but that's not a that's not a you're not dropping a, a you're not dropping a goose egg. You're not being held to single digit points. 17 points against one of the best defenses in football, like to me, that is what an average offense is. And that's what the Bills have. The Bills have an average offense because an average offense plays a top defense and they score 17 points. A bad offense probably scores single digits, maybe gets shut out, maybe can't get in the end zone. And that was the recipe at the beginning of the year. If you dial it back to where what we were talking about before the season, I did a show where we primarily talked about what does this offense need to be to be a playoff team. And I would say the majority said average You know, an average offense. And with your defense continuing to be as good as it's been, you should be a playoff team. 
And that's exactly what they are right now. They are a middle-of-the-pack offense that can look great at times, can also look awful at times. That evens out to an average offense. A lot of their metrics look like that. Their passing offense is a little bit below average. Their rushing offense is above average. At least when you're looking at efficiency. And that's kind of where we are with this team. But again, I look at yesterday and I think about the defense as much as I do think about the offense because even though the defense might not be as interesting as the offense right now because there's really no problems going on. Like, you just go week in and week out. You can pretty much assume they're going to show up. They're going to play well. And yesterday was their stiffest challenge yet. The number one offense in football. Lamar Jackson, the MVP leading candidate. And they held him to 257 yards of total offense. Yeah, they scored 24, but they had a lot of short fields. 257 yards of total offense. You know what that tells me? That tells me that if you have to play a Kansas City in the first round, I'm not going to pick you to win that game, but you can win that game. With the same recipe that you put on the field against Baltimore yesterday. With the same recipe against Baltimore, you can beat Kansas City. Because what is Kansas City compared to Baltimore? They also have one of the best offenses in football. Although they're led by a different type of quarterback with Patrick Mahomes. Who's going to stand in the pocket and he's just going to throw the ball all over the field. But an offense just scores at will. But they do not have the defense that Baltimore does. And... If this Bills offense continues to be average, then if they play a much less intimidating Kansas City defense, and I can trust my defense to hold Kansas City to 24 like they did against Baltimore, I think I can win that game. Because this Bills offense in the past few weeks when they were playing well before this Ravens game, they showed the capability that against weaker defenses... Now we can actually score points. And they did that against Dallas in particular. So I am now believing, this is where I'm at with the Bills. Yesterday's game definitely holds me back from thinking they can win the division. Not just the feeling that it gives you, but but the just mathematically it becomes way harder for the Bills to now win the AFC East. They would need Cincinnati or the Dolphins, to beat the Patriots to win the division. And I am not betting on that happening. I know New England has had their struggles, especially offensively, but I am not picking the Bengals to beat them. I am not picking the Dolphins to beat them. So you're probably not winning the division. But where I am at with this team right now is I am truly believing they can win a playoff game. If the matchup is right, if they play a Houston, perhaps, who at times looks like the best off the best team in football and at times looks like the worst team in football. And yesterday, they were just a ghost. Like, they did not show up. Houston just does not show up sometimes. If I get that matchup, you can win that game, for sure, even on the road. The Bills can absolutely beat the Houston Texans in Houston in an AFC wildcard game. Kansas City. I just went through it. I truly believe if they got matched up with the Chiefs, they can absolutely beat the Chiefs, even in Arrowhead. New England. If that can happen, if the Bills beat the Patriots, it's very realistic to think the Bills will go to Foxborough in the AFC wildcard. That could very well happen. I think the Bills can beat New England and Foxborough. These aren't games I would pick the Bills to win. These aren't games the Bills will be favored in. But they have reached the point where I think you can think they could win that game. They are something more than the 2017 Bills. Because that Bills team was like, it's just nice to be here. Right? 
It was just nice to be here. And the AFC wild card, oh, look, we're, we're showing up to Jacksonville. We're having fun. But the pressure really wasn't on that team because we were never going to feel bad about that Bills-Jaguars game. They could have lost that game by 50, and we would have felt fine afterwards, to be honest. Because that was not the team that they were building up to be the long-term answer. But this is different. This is different. And it. Sean McDermott said no moral victories yesterday, right? I am taking him. I'm taking one moral victory. And that is you proved that you played, that you can play against the best team in football and you're not too far off. The Bills are not a finished product. They badly need a number one wide receiver, they don't have one. That needs to be figured out. They need a consistent number one pass rusher. And honestly, they need a tight end they can rely on catching the ball consistently. Maybe that does become Dawson Knox. It's not him right now. The drops are getting a little ridiculous with Dawson Knox. So they've got, they've got some things to work out. You need a complementary option to Devin Singletary. you got some minor things, too, you need. You're not a finished product yet. you got cap space this offseason. Maybe you do it then. But what you did prove is, against the best team in football, you're not too far off. And you can make that up. Doesn't seem like it would take too much to make up the difference right now between the Bills and the Ravens. You're going to need your quarterback to play better. So that inherently has to come along with all of this other stuff. But yesterday proved to me that this thing right now is does appear to be sustainable. The defense appears to be sustainable. The offense has tools that you can work with. The completion of this process that the Bills have had over the past couple years is going to come down to this offense. The process will not be completed until they go from average offense to one of the better ones in the league. Whether they can be that whether they they need to get to a point where Baltimore is. Because the Bills held Baltimore in check yesterday, right? They still scored 24 points. It's a bad day for them. That's where the Bills need to get. The Bills need to get to a point where their bad day on offense still results in 24 points. That's where the Chiefs are, too. That's where the Texans are a lot of times when the games they actually show up for. If the Bills can get to that point where their offense is respected enough and is good enough to where they face a great defense like Baltimore or New England or Pittsburgh coming up on Sunday night, that you can at least expect that they're going to get into the 20s. Because in the modern NFL, if you want to be a legitimate contender, you need to be able to get into the 20s at least on a consistent basis, and the Bills have not done that this year. That's why they're not a legitimate contender to me. And that's for a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, that's That's... Higher standards. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be respected as a team that could win a playoff game. Maybe two, but probably just one. But the next step past that, they're not quite there yet, and that's because their offense cannot consistently get to that 20-point threshold. All right. There's about as much as I could jam in there for you. I'll be back with you, though, on Wednesday. Tomorrow will be Sabres and Blues. Uh, that's a 7.30 puck drop. It's an NBCSN game, so we'll talk uh, some Sabres on Wednesday, hopefully. They are in a playoff spot, amazingly enough. Doesn't feel like they're in a playoff spot, but they are. So we'll talk some hockey then. Um, but until then, thanks, everybody, for listening. And stay tuned for Monday Night Football. Giants and Eagles is on the way next as part of Buffalo Bills Football Monday right here on WGR. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.